Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this evil present world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men, or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I told it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which are apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But of the other apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brothers, Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Sicilia and was known by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which had persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this evening. Thank you, Lord, for this great book, this great chapter. Of course, you've directed our heart to today to, to spend our services in. I pray, God, that you'd help us to mine out the truths uh, that you want us to have tonight. Get glory to yourself. Thank you for a group of people. Lord, I mean this sincerely. Thank you for a group of people that love Bible preaching. Lord, I'm not much, but, Lord, I try to be a Bible preacher, and I pray that you would meet with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I won't go through everything I preached on this morning. We understand that Paul is dealing in this text with the churches of Galatia. There's several of them he's writing to. Iconium, Lystra, Derby, and Antioch. They were all visited by Paul in Acts 13 and 14 on his first missionary journey. Paul is writing the book Galatians to straighten out some doctrinal errors that had snuck in the church. And I'm preaching today out of this chapter on the authenticity 
of the gospel. Because Paul said in verse number 6, and we'll get there in a moment, verse 6, 7, and 8, that some people had crept into the church and were preaching another gospel. Well, Paul said in verse number 11, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. But I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now we know this, if you've not learned anything out of my preaching, learn this, the gospel is not humanitarian work. Amen. I'm not against humanitarian work. It's a need. It needs to be done, but that's not the gospel. You can dig a people away. You can dig people a well, and all you do is satisfy their physical thirst, and they can die and go to hell without God. I'm for digging a well, but while you're digging a well, tell them about the well of water that they'll never run dry in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the message of the gospel. The gospel is not doing good works. The gospel is not being a better person, but the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Paul will say in Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so we've been preaching about the authenticity of the gospel. We talked this morning about the man of God. In verses 1 through 3, how he was called in verse number 1. He was commissioned in verse 1. He had companions in verse 2. It was to the churches in verse 2. He conveyed grace and peace to them in verse 3. And he had the, and, and, and then we find not only the, the man of God, but then the message of the gospel is where we kind of uh, spent our, most of our time this morning. We said there is a desire in verse number 4 who gave himself for our sins. Aren't you glad that Jesus? Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe because I owed a debt that I could not pay. But he willingly gave himself for our sins. We have a Calvinist in our area that preaches that Jesus was murdered. That they murdered the Lord Jesus Christ. Amongst the other five points that he has wrong... Jesus was not murdered, but he willingly laid down his life, according to John 10, 17 and 18. He said, I lay my life down. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. I understand Jesus in the flesh suffered all that pain, but he did not breathe his last breath until he wanted to. He gave up the ghost in John chapter 19 and cried, Tell he is it is finished and that reminds me that even on the worst day of humanity God was still in charge and God was still in control because he controlled his own death amen so there's a desire who gave himself for our sins the deliverance that he might deliver us from this present world according to the will of God and our Father and then we finished up on the delight to whom be glory forever and ever amen we talked about the direction to whom and the description be glory that word glory gives the idea of praise and adoration Jesus looked at those uh, 70 men that come back after the spirits had been subject unto him and he looked at him and he said rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I preached at Tabernacle Baptist Church's Bible school, team Bible school extravaganza back in June. And one of the things I loved about preaching there was during the day, I just roamed around Tabernacle. It's a big place. They got buildings and rooms and they've got a, they've got a bunch of stuff. And I, I, I love stuff like that. And I was walking around and I saw a friend of mine that I know. I said, hey, I said, I need you to clarify a story I've heard around here. 
And I told him the story, and he said, yep, that's exactly what happened. And the story was this, that back in the probably the late 60s, early 70s, they were having the Sword of the Lord Conference at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville. And these were good men, so I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I'm just telling you what happened. Dr. John Rice was the editor of the Sword of the Lord, and Dr. Harold B. Seitler is the pa- was the pastor of Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville. Now, I thank God for the Sword of the Lord, but just to be honest with you, they, they're a little dead, all right? They don't shout as much as we do, and, and I'm, I'm not, they're not bad folks. They just need to enjoy what they got, all right? And so uh, at Tabernacle, though, they went to church like we do. In fact, they get a little more wilder than what we do, and that somebody was up singing, and them preacher boys around Tabernacle, Tabernacle got the shouting and waving their Bibles and saying amen. And Dr. Rice didn't like that. So he got up from behind the pulpit and he began to rebuke the congregation. He said, you ought not to rejoice until all your friends are saved, all your family saved, all your neighbors are saved. You have no right to rejoice until those people are saved. What I loved about this, the story goes, I sang another song, and it was Dr. Seitler's turn to take the pulpit. And Dr. Seitler, since he was the pastor, he can say what he wanted to. Dr. Seitler got up, that stately man, and said, Dr. Rice, these people are not rejoicing because their friends and their family and their neighbors are saved. They're rejoicing because they're saved. And that place exploded. They said, and they shouted some more. And they said, nobody ever said anything about it again. And they never had the sword covered in the tabernacle again. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying tonight is I, I thank God my friends and my family get saved. But I'm telling you, I ought to rejoice for the fact that I'm saved, that I know that I have passed from death and the life. Jesus said, don't get excited about all those other things. You ought to rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And then there's the duration. He said, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So that's where we kind of left off this morning. Thirdly, not only the man of God and the message of the gospel, but number three, and we'll get down to kind of the crux of what Paul's dealing with in this text, there is the mistake at Galatia. Begins in verse number six. There's the removal in verse six. He said, first of all, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. Now hang on. He's just spent the last four or five verses bragging on him that loved us and delivered us from our sins, talking about the gospel. But that word marvel, it means to be amazed. Paul Chappell said in his book, the word marvel means that Paul was in shock. He said, I marvel, I am shocked that you are so soon removed. Watch what the verse said. Watch your Bible. So soon removed from him. He ain't talking about Paul. From him that called you. Paul didn't call these people into salvation. The Holy Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, called them to salvation. And Paul said, I'm really bothered. Now, they did not lose their salvation in this text. But they stepped away from the doctrines because they believed what the Judaizers had brought in. And to another gospel. Now we know the gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. One commentator I read behind said when Paul wrote this letter to the church at Galatia, there were some 70 different gospels going around in the world. You think that's a lot then, you ought to see the number now. You'd be amazed how many different gospels are preached in independent Baptist churches. Now we understand there's the gospel of the kingdom. There's the everlasting gospel. But we're not to preach those gospels in this dispensation. 
We are to preach the gospel of the grace of God, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'll go a step further. Those other two gospels do not supersede the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ because no one goes to heaven without believing the gospel and receiving the gospel. And Paul said, I'm just really shocked that this crowd that got saved, I mean, it was a revival. God moved. God moved and churches were planted. But it's amazing what happens when false doctrine gets into a church. The church at Corinth had this same issue. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 3, he said, But I fear lest by any means as a servant beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he cometh and preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he received another spirit, whom you have not received, or another gospel, which you haven't accepted, you might well bear with him. In other words, Paul said... Uh, you better watch if somebody else comes in and starts preaching another Jesus. And you receive another spirit. By the way, that another spirit is going on now. It's going on now in, in, these, in these meetings that we talked about last week. These, these, the Greg Locks and the D.R. Harrisons and all that stuff. They're receiving another spirit and they're talking about wanting to receive that. You don't receive the Holy Spirit by chanting and holding your hands out and grabbing a sword. You know how you receive the Holy Spirit? You get saved. Duh. Man, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. I guess these guys can't read. Because the Bible clearly says that. You, you receive, when the, you get saved, the Spirit of God moves in. Paul said, you better watch that another spirit. By the way, if you look at 2 Corinthians 11, it's a lowercase s. It's not any capital S. And he said another gospel. I wrote this down. There are many people that will drive five miles to get fooled instead of driving 20 miles to get fed. They'd rather believe a lie than receive the truth. They'd rather believe something that is contrary to the Bible than what is right and true. There's the removal, there's the refuting in verse 7. Paul said, watch this now, this phrase always got me. Verse 6, let's hit the context. I marvel... That you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. Notice the truth. He said uh, that another gospel is not another. Did you get that? All right. Illustrate, illustrate this tonight. That word another is the same word that is used in John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Brother Caden, hold your Bible up, brother. He has a Bible, right? Stand up so everybody can see you. I know you're hard to be seen. He has a Bible, right? But now, I've just given him another Bible. You get that? But if he has a Bible, and I say, I'm going to give you another Bible. Did I just give him another Bible? No. I gave him something that could have the appearance of a Bible. It's a book, but it's not a Bible. You may be seated. And, John, and here's what Paul is warning about. Paul is saying, I tell you, they brought you a gospel, but it's not another. Because there's only one true gospel. The word another, it means another of the same. He said, it's not another. It's not the same. Here's the truth. But then notice the trouble. But there be some that trouble you. When I was sitting in my office reading this morning, I looked up that word trouble. When I looked up this definition of the word trouble, it, it troubled me. No pun intended. 
Here's what it means to cause inward commotion to take away the calmness of mind. Boy, I have seen that. I have seen men get up in meetings and preach and trouble a congregation. Take away the calmness of mind. I know this seems like, preacher, why are you preaching on this? We're not in these meetings. We're not hearing this stuff. Well, you need to know what the truth is. And you need to know everybody out there ain't right. There are some good men out there. I preached this morning. We're not the only ones. But there are some men out there that will try to deceive you. They'll trouble you. Take away the calmness of mind. i got to be careful here, but I feel like I need to deal with this. Just because someone gets saved in a meeting that you thought was saved, it doesn't mean you're lost. Did you hear what I said? Just because someone gets saved in a meeting you was in and they, you thought they were saved, it doesn't mean you're lost. I've seen that happening here lately in some meetings I've been in where some people got saved, and I hope they did, but then other people got troubled because they saw other people getting saved. That's inward commotion. That's a preacher troubling someone. I can think of, and I have to be careful I don't know why I have to be careful. I think you ought to know what truth is. But I'm bothered when men make their living by getting people to make multiple professions. Now, we're not talking about the locks and the DRs. We're talking about in our camp meetings. In our, in our circles that we run in. I have a problem with that. And I made it evident I had a problem with it. It's not right. It's not right. And I'm telling you, and, and by the way, in all those cases, th- there wasn't a, a thimble full of the Bible actually preached in those services. A verse was taken out of context and ran the left field, and I do not support that whatsoever. And if you need more clarification, I'll tell you after church. But we're, we're not into that. We're not going that direction. I want you to have assurance, and I want you to know that you are safe. Somebody pr- said, Preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. That's fine, but some of you know what I'm talking about. And that's not the direction we go, and that's not what we believe, because that's not what the Bible teaches. Hey, I preach hell hot. I preach heaven sweet. I, de- I preach that now is the accepted time. Hold today is the day of salvation. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God does not work in confusion. He works in conviction. In that particular meeting that I am referring to, the man said, if you don't know what Holy Ghost conviction is, you ought to find out real quick. To which I'm sitting in the service saying, tell them. Tell them what it is. You know what it is? You want to know? It's realizing you're lost. That's what conviction is. So I said, preacher, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. I'm seeing people that are troubled and they have inward commotion and the calmness and the spirit of their minds taken away. But he's putting notches on his gun belt. God ain't in that. God ain't in that. I told a pastor, I said, you better be glad that my family was not involved in that. I ain't letting some preacher confuse my kids. I ain't letting some preacher get my get my get my kids messed up. I would be dealing with him like Paul would do with Peter in Galatians two face to face. Amen. So I said, would you whoop somebody over that? I get close to, because I don't want nobody troubling, taking away the. Con- I'd rather the spirit of God. Hey, I want the spirit to trouble me, not a preacher. 
We got a lot of preachers, and they tell their, I ain't not going to get out of this chapter tonight, all right? All right, if I just preach a little bit, I'm telling you, we, we've got a lot. And they'll tell their stories, and they'll tell their, they'll tell their sensational stories about people dying in car wrecks and, and walking out of the service. And, I, and, I, and I'm not saying they're not true. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying they're not all true. You'd think you'd hear about some of that somewhere. I mean, there is such a thing called Facebook. <laughs> Man, you'd think you'd hear about it. Now, I'm not saying those guys are lying, but I will say that preachers do have a way of twisting stories. I say it all the time, and it makes preachers mad when I say it in meetings. If a layman tells a story that's not true, we call that a lie. But if a preacher does it, it's illustration. I get that response in most of the meetings that I'm in, too. I've been ma- I had a guy get up and mock me when I got done making that statement. He said, now, this is the truth. This ain't an illustration. That's fine. I mean, he didn't preach the Bible either. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not trying to sound cocky or arrogant, folks. I'm really not. And I know it's a preacher. This don't have nothing to deal with us. Well, I'm going to tell you, Paul was worried about these Galatians. Ten years ago, I probably wouldn't have to preach this in our churches. You know why? Because Facebook wasn't as big as what it is now. But now you've got these preachers going through your feeds all the time now, and they're throwing out things that sound good, but it is another gospel. Amen. The word, then, then he says, and they would pervert the gospel of Christ. That word pervert, it means to turn around. It means to take a different direction. Paul states in, this, in Galatians 5, watch, here's how serious Paul was about this. I would that they were even cut off that trouble you. <laughs> Sounds like Paul was aggravated with that crowd too. In fact... Just as God has preachers, the devil has preachers. 2 Corinthians 11 talks about, And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Brian Houston is the former pastor of the Hillsong Church based in Sydney, Australia. He has satellite churches all over the world. You know some of his members, Justin Bieber. When asked why he thought his church was so successful, he replied, he's since resigned because he is messing with women. But before that, here's what he said. He said, I think the big, the, in the context of why his church had become so large with several satellite churches across the world, here's what he said, quote, I think the biggest thing is relevance. I really do. We are scratching people where they are itching. Didn't Paul say in the last days, for they shall heat themselves, teachers having itching ears. Amen. Who shall turn, watch this now, oh my goodness. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned, perverted unto fables. You know what the word fable means? A narrative story, a fiction, an invention, a falsehood, a made-up story. I teach our preachers, it's all right to use illustrations. But I tell you, number one, try to make, if your illustration is not true, tell the congregation that. There's nothing wrong being honest. I understand sometimes Jesus used that. He used parables. That not, these things didn't necessarily happen, but he used illustrations. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, when you tell things for fact, and it's not a fact, that's a lie. That's a fable. And I'm telling you, there's people, they'd rather hear fables. They'd rather hear a story. They'd rather hear a guy read one verse and take 35 minutes and tell story after story after story of things that are not true and take things out of context and take things in another direction. And then they say, well, look at all the people getting saved. 
Are they? Romans 1 says, For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Indicating to me that if they do not have a knowledge of the gospel, they can't get saved. Is, it, is that what it says or not? Is it, this ain't heresy. It's just, this used to be basic preaching. But Paul said, I am marvel. You're so soon removed from him. You see, there is, there is the, the, the perverting. But then notice the rebuke, the rebuke. Look at this now, verse number 9, or verse number 8. Notice a stern admonition. Y'all still with me? But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that we have preached unto you, let him have a bad day. Let him be accursed. And Paul meant business. Look what he said in verse 9. As we said before, when he says before, he means the previous sentence he wrote. I now so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel than ye have received, let him be accursed. A stern admonition and a serious announcement. The word accursed means doomed to destruction or misery. Separated from the faithful, cast out of the church, excommunicated. Paul, you're just being, you're just being rough. Paul said, no, I'm going to tell you right now. Paul said, I'm a pastor. And he said, I left a little group of believers in them churches in Galatia. And he said, and some, some, some wolf, some false preachers come in there. He's been sowing things that are not true. And I've got a church of people that are confused now. And they're troubled. And they've been, they're, the, the calmness of their mind is taken away. And Paul said, they need to be excommunicated. They need to be doomed to destruction. Let them be accursed. One man even said that word could even be, trans, could be uh, uh, defined as let them fall in the hellfire. That's pretty serious. But Paul thought that those little babes in Christ, their growth and their direction of the Lord, he thought that was pretty serious. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, I tell you, we better protect what God's given us here at Safe Harbor Baptist Church. God's been good to give us a group of people here that want to hear the Bible preached, that want to hear the Word of God rightly divided. And we ought to thank God for that. But I'm telling you, there'll be people out there that will try to trouble you and try to pervert you. And you might even attend a good meeting where one of those jaybirds will get up there and start trying to preach some of that stuff. But honey, here's what you do. Here's what you do when they're up there trying to trouble you. You go back to that book and you go back to Calvary. And you remember what God said. Don't you focus on what that man says. You go beyond him and the horn blowing. And you go to what the Spirit of God said. You go to what the book said. And you be reminded that Jesus' word is right. That forever, O oh Lord, that word is settled in heaven. And don't let that crowd trouble you. I think God's big enough to tell you if you're lost. Now I'm confrontational in my preaching. Confrontation is a big fancy word to say in your face. I tell you, if you're trusting anything other than the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the gospel, you're going to split hell wide open and fry like fat back for eternity. But at the same time, I don't preach doubt. I don't try to confuse people. And I don't encourage multiple, multiple, multiple professions. 
Just come back. I, I know some guy, I'm at 27 minutes and it's 6.56. Just give me just a few more minutes and, and let me, I ain't going to get through chapter 1 tonight. I, I didn't, I'm, and I'm not trying to preach through the Galatians, but I got this chapter heavy in my heart. Paul said, I'm telling you, he said, I'm worried about you. I'm, I, I, it's bothering me that this crowd is perverting the gospel and troubling you. I, people think, I run my mouth a lot. You don't have to say amen there. I know I do. But when it comes to stuff about the gospel and perversion and preachers that don't preach, I do my research and I'll listen to most. I don't take one guy's message and say, oh, he, no, because everybody has a bad night. I have bad months, weeks, years, decades. Okay, I, I get it. But when a man is consistently preaching something, that's, that's exactly what he's preaching, what he is. He's revealing what that is. Now, somebody said, I'm a preacher. I think that's being rough. That's your brother that you're dealing with. Well, look at verse number 10. Paul said, For do I now persuade men or God? Now, watch this word persuade. I, I was really hesitant about dealing with this today, so I looked up this word persuade. Here's what it means to make friends. Paul said, I ain't here to make friends, I ain't here to book another meeting. I ain't here to book another revival. I'm not here for the ministerial association's approval on me. I'm here for them babes up there at Galatia. I'm here for them little, them little baby Christians that are trying to grow. Hey, remember, they don't have a Bible. The, the Scripture has not been completed. When Paul, This is Paul's first epistle. This is all they're getting. Paul, I'm going to tell you right now, i got a problem with that, and I ain't trying to make friends. He said, do I seek to persuade men or God? Watch this. Or do I seek to please men? The word please means to accommodate oneself to the opinion and desires and interests of others. Paul said, I'm not trying to be rude, but I ain't here to make friends. And I ain't here to please you. He said, if I please you, I can't please God. You can't please both. Well, here we are. Another 30 minutes in. We've only got five verses in. Amen. I do have an outline of the rest of the chapter, but we, may not, we won't get to it tonight. Stuff like this is always bought. Are, y- are y'all getting my burden about this? We've not had preaching in this pulpit like this, but you've heard some of it. Some of it recently, some of you might have heard years ago. I'm not accursing those men. I'm not doing that. I just believe they've got their doctrine messed up. And I believe they've got their, and what they're doing, they're spewing out what they've been taught. And what the problem is they were taught wrong. Okay? I don't think those men are lost. I don't think they're, they're heretics. I really don't think that. I just think they're, they're just doing some very bad preaching. Let's be honest. They're doing some bad preaching. But I want you to know the truth. I know I preach on salvation and assurance a lot. I mention it a lot. Miss Asia works at a bank. They don't bring in counterfeit bills. I, I, I guess you used to work as a teller. I know you're not as much anymore. They didn't bring in a stack of counterfeit $100 bills for you to go through. They don't want you to feel counterfeit bills. They want you to feel the real thing. That way when a counterfeit comes through, you know, hey, this ain't right. I'll tell you, that's why I want to give you truth constantly. So when counterfeit does come in there, you know, oh, that, that, that ain't right. That, that, no. And not because a preacher Josh said, no, 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 whoa, 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 no. Because what the Bible says. Now, you might have heard it out of my voice, but I'm just telling you what the book says. 
You know, I'm wrong sometimes. I, this morning, I got it wrong in Exodus chapter number 14. I said that at the end, that God did not harden Pharaoh's heart for him to go after the uh, children of Israel. But you know what? I was wrong. I turned the page and literally said, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart to pursue after the children of Israel. I'm like, well, I got it wrong. So I can be wrong. But can I say this without pride or arrogancy? I ain't wrong about this. Why? Because I've just told you what the Bible says. People struggle with their salvation in our churches like this so so much. I've had people come to me, multiple people. So don't think I'm just talking about one individual. You that talk to me, I'm not picking on you. But I've had multiple people come to me and say, Preacher, I can't get it nailed down. I made a profession here. I made a profession there. I made a profession here. I don't feel like I was being dishonest. I felt like I was serious with God. I felt like I was doing all this. I, I, I believe the gospel. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. I, I, I'm trusting him for my salvation. My preacher. I'm, and, and you know what them, them people are? If they are believing what they're saying, they believe the gospel and they've received Christ, they're saved. I quit. I quit doing this. Y'all okay? I quit saying, Look, stand up and tell me what day you got saved. We used to do that some around here. I quit doing that. I got some precious people that said, Preacher, I don't know what day it was. I made a profession here, I made a profession here. Preacher, I know I'm saved. And I don't want those people, the devil, to use that and say, See, you don't even have a date. And I'm not critical of any other church that does that. I'm, I'm the pastor here. Now, if you've got a date, I say, it often, I say my date often. April the 9th, 1997. That's what I say. But don't let that bother you. The only reason I know, the only reason I know the date, because my mama wrote it in my Bible. That's the only reason I know. But don't, don't let that trouble you. Because Jesus said, your names are written in heaven. So he knows when he wrote it down. Amen. We used to sing that song, it was on a Monday, somebody touched me. And you, you know, we sang that, and you stand up the day you got saved on. And boy, I miss old Mel Austin. We'd get, Mel didn't know what day he got saved on. And so we'd always have to sing a special verse for Mel. I don't know what day it was, but somebody touched me. And Mel would stand up. <laughs> He'd shout. You just better know you've had a day. You better know you've had a time when you've come to Christ. Oh, and if you came to Christ, He took you. I understand we've all seen people go down popping bubble gum just because somebody else went and went through a little bit. Okay, but that ain't what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the fact that you come to Christ sincerely. What do you mean sincerely? Lord, I know I'm lost. I believe that you died and rose again. And I put my faith and trust in you for my eternal soul. Preacher, what's the magic words to pray? Ain't none. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. I pray with people when I leave to the Lord. Why? Because I believe it's a good thing to do to confirm their decision. And Jesus said, but by everything with prayer and thanksgiving. So it's never wrong to pray. But it's not repeating a prayer. I prayed the night I got saved. I said, Lord, please save me coming to my heart. There's nothing wrong with that. But it wasn't what I said. How I many, I said, I say this, I got a hush. You hear me testify and say, Preacher, I believe I got saved when I stepped out. How many heard somebody say that? How many of y'all believe that happened to you? You know why? Because that's what happened. 
The reason you think you got saved and you stepped out to come is because you did. Because you, hallelujah. You saved for you left the pew. I know that messes up some of my buddies' theology, but I'm in the, I'm in the business of messing up their theology with the book. For the heart, men believe in the righteousness. But you know what coming forward is doing? With the mouth, confession is made. It's public identifying. I put my faith and trust with Jesus Christ for my salvation. Ain't it good to be saved? I'm going to tell you what's better than being saved is knowing it. Knowing it. But sadly, there's a mistake at Galatia. There were some that snuck in that were perverting the gospel and troubling folks. I pity the preacher at the judgment seat. Man, I got a hush. There's so much liberty to preach. I got to get up at 5 in the morning. I still ain't got Matthew beat. He's got to get up, you know. Matthew, to get, go to work on Monday, he gets up on Saturday. All right? <laughs> but I pity, I pity two crowds, a lot of crowds. But that crowd that says, hold your hand up and repeat this prayer, and you're saved, I got a problem with that. It don't matter if their last name is Howells or Townsend. I got a problem with both of that. Sounds not like that. Get in line. There's a bunch of preachers ahead of you. I don't mean that rude. But then I got a problem with guys that run around trying to make people doubt and make 25 professions. I got a problem with that too. Especially, you think you're the only one doing it right? Oh, no. But I am doing it right. Why? Because by the grace of God, we're preaching the gospel. Y'all okay? This ain't about, come on, Brother Matthew, it makes them feel better if you're up here on the piano. We're way beyond personalities. We're way beyond preachers. Why are you preaching this, preacher? Because we got kids that ain't understanding everything I'm saying. But I don't want these kids to grow up and try to figure out, well, when did I meet Jesus and when did I hear about Jesus? I've known about him. And you ought to thank God you've known about him your whole life. But kids struggle with that. I'm one of them. I don't remember a time when I didn't know about Jesus. I tell you, I struggled as a kid trying to figure out when did I get saved? Because I've always known about him. But you know when I got saved? When I came to him. And I, I, I promise you parents, I'm, I, I told one preacher, I said, I don't want no other pre- anybody dealing with my children about their salvation. And I don't mean that wrong Sunday school teachers or anybody else here. I love all of y'all. But when that time comes, it's me or their mama. I'll drive from Slingshot, China to get back here if I'm in a meeting. You better believe it to talk to them. But I make the same commitment to you as the pastor of your children. That when that time comes, I'll be just as gracious and just as kind and just as clear as if it was my babies. Oh, by the way, if you come tonight and you're lost, I'll be just as gracious and just as clear and just as kind. Because God wants you to be saved. And God wants you to know you're saved. Let's stand. I just want to thank the Lord for the assurance of your salvation.